Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Is this your first time? I'm not going to uh, identify you. Don't worry. I just want you to shout out. If this is your first time here ever, shout amen. Ready? Go. Amen. All right. Lots of people. God bless you guys. This may be a little different than the church you're used to, so gird yourself. Because <laughs> the Bible is coming your way. A lot of people aren't used to the Bible anymore. So be ready. Now, last week, I made fun of this service, and I called you a Presbyterian church. I take it back. You guys did great today. Good worship. I looked across the room, and I don't know if there was any hands that weren't up. So way to go. Way to bounce back. See, I know a lot of you are like, man, this guy calls his church a Presbyterian church. And isn't he afraid that people will leave? No. <laughs> I'm not compelled by attendance. You need to know that. I love it. I love when you're here. And I'm sad when people go, at least for a couple minutes, depending on who they are. <laughs> but I'm not compelled by attendance. What I'm compelled by is what I do is I pray. And I ask God to give me the messages that he wants me to preach. And I ask that my steps would be ordered by him. However people respond is however they respond. That's just the way that it is. And if you don't pastor that way, then what you are is really a worshiper. At the foot of Baal, you're worshiping an idol, which is attendance. You're worshiping people. You cannot ever do that. Understand, no matter what, you stand in the Word of God, no matter what is going on in life. It's the Bible, it's the Bible, it's the Bible, period. If it makes you uncomfortable, you do it anyway. If it offends your theology, you dump your theology. The Bible is the Bible. It should be your it in life, period. It is mine. It corrects me. It confronts me. At times, it brings encouragement. At times, it brings godly sorrow. I'm okay with all of it because it's the Bible. It's God Almighty. It's Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. John 1, 1, 1 John 5, 7. The Bible is everything for the believer. Amen. Amen. The title of this new message series is Take the Attack to Them. I'm like, what kind of church did I walk into? The right one. It's time for all the, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Congratulations. You're sitting under sound doctrine because I'm going to read you a bunch of Bible verses today. Congratulations. You are in the right place. For some of you, I know that it made you miserable in some ways, but for some of you, the greatest thing that could have ever happened to you was this whole COVID response hoax. Because it showed you how weak your church was. See, there are a lot of people. See, I got saved in 1987. Everybody preached the way I preach. Everybody did. There was no hesitation. You preached the Bible. That's what, that's what a hellfire, brimstone, be filled with the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues. That's what everybody preached. All those churches have faded away. And people started to go to churches where they settled. They didn't even realize it. They walk, they walk into a church like this, and they're like, what on earth have I been missing? It's been the Bible for all of these years. You're like, what on, you know, they didn't even realize it because there's nothing else available. Listen, there's a pastor skip verses on every corner. 
a, a skinny jeans wearing boot licking butt kisser on every corner. You need somebody that preached the Bible to you. Don't ever go back. Just because they've opened doesn't mean they've repented. You know how you repent? This is deep and theological. You ready? Do you know how you repent? You repent. If you're a pastor or a politician, you do it publicly. Listen, I've done it. I've I've said things that were wrong, believe it or not, on the podcast and out of line. (laughs) Wrong and out of line. (laughs) And I've apologized for those things publicly in front of hundreds of people or even thousands of people that were watching. That's what you do. If you decide you want to be, that's why not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. So you apologize publicly. I'm going to read you some stuff today that's astounding, so be ready about the modern church. Take the attack to who? I said take the attack to them, so take the attack to who? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That was specifically written to Christian leaders. So who do we take the attack to? The devil and all demons. Matthew chapter 23, verse 15. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. Who else else do we bring the attack to? The props of the devil. Quiet in here now. I want to make something clear to you. Taking the attack to the props of the devil is far different than taking the attack to the devil. And scripture makes that delineation. Are you ready? Most of us know these verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 and 4. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Listen, you can can be as violent as you want with the devil and all demons. We're not violent with people. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after flesh. I'm not saying don't defend your wife. I'm just saying that we're not going to mount up as an army as Christians. That's not what we do. We do not mount up, arm ourselves, although I'm totally in favor of you being armed. Wholeheartedly. There's nobody in this room who owns more bullets than I do. I guarantee you that. Now catch up. You got a ways to go. So we're not beating people up. We're not attacking people. We're not attacking their bodies. That's what went on in the Crusades. That's not what we're doing. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So what do we do with people? We pray for them or we pray against them. We sick the Holy Spirit on them or on the situation. That's what we do. You want your country to change? You want a politician to win or be defeated? You pray over them. If two or more agree, it will be done. That's, here's the whole thing. Christians don't believe that their prayers really matter because what they've done is they've made their, their prayers benign instead of malignant. Well, Lord, you know, just revive our land. What on earth does that mean? Do you, what are you standing for? Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For you, doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. James chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. So when you pray a very nonspecific prayer, you will receive a very nonspecific answer. 
But that's the, that's the prayers that I see on, on social media. Lord, touch the church. Lord, revive the church. Lord, shine your light on America. What are you even talking about? You know the things that I pray? Send confusion into the White House. So they stop butchering the unborn. At record rates. Canceling the Mex- Mexico City project that Donald Trump put in place that stopped sending billions of dollars all over the world to butcher the unborn 60 million per year. That's how I pray. I pray specifically send confusion in the White House so they turn on each other. Yeah, they didn't even tell Kamala Harris they were bombing in Syria. It's working. I pray specifics and I expect it to be answered. And it's not because God is my servant. We are in covenant. He said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. So I expect it to happen when I pray, but it won't happen if I'm praying something that I don't even understand myself. Lord, shine your light on your church. What does that mean? Revive us, Lord. Revival is found in one, in one verse in the New King James. One time in the New King James, I believe it's the book of Jeremiah. One time it has nothing to do with how we think of revival. Take the attack to who? Number three, Romans chapter 7, 14 and 15. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Paul talking. For what am I doing? I do not understand. For what I will to do, I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. We take the attack to our own carnality. This is Paul talking, the one who won the most souls in the New Testament. Who wrote most of the New Testament. He says here, for, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. Anybody else act like, does that resonate with anybody else? I look at myself many, many times. I'm like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Because I know what I'm doing is really stupid and sinful. I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. How many of you, after I offend you on Sunday, want to go home and you start wanting to memorize scripture? And you want to start praying because I'm all over you. Or I call you a Presbyterian church. So you start to put on your worship CDs and start speaking in tongues again. Because you became a religious, uh, purpose-driven, seeker-sensitive Christian all these years. You you forgot about the fire of God. And that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharp. You forgot about that. So I fire you all up on Sunday. You put it together. But by Tuesday, it's long gone. You're back in the doldrums again because the doldrums being comfort. It's an easy life. Go to work, come home, turn on the box, stare at a screen, scroll, scroll, scroll. It's an easier life that way. You know, we make all these decisions throughout our lives. A lot of them, just taking marriage as an example, the second most important relationship you'll ever be in is your marriage. You make decisions throughout your life. You know, am I going to go the easy way or am I going to maintenance the romance and the fire? We got one come on and one yeah. There's nothing from over here. You're like, romance? I've been married to the old lady for 30 years. That's where it all started going downhill when you caved to the old lady thing. I have never called my wife that. I will never call her that. Ever. She only wants to live to 90. I believe the Bible, so I'll live to 120. (laughs) Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. Look it up for yourself. So even when she's 90, I'm not calling her an old lady. Period. I like the romance. I enjoy it. 
I didn't, I didn't get married for no romance. I didn't get married for that purpose. I had that all on my own. I pulled that off for 28 years by myself. You make those little decisions in life. They seem little, but they're actually big. I come home, you know, maybe we should just get in the car, go drive down to the jetties and watch the sunset instead of staring at screens and scrolling all night long. Oh, man, I've been working all day. You'll revive. You'll come back to life. Get in the car. Go get a Slurpee. That's what I do. A little caffeine boost and drive out to the jetties. Park where nobody can see you and get busy. (laughs) I don't care if you're 78. Get it done. Come on. the way it should be that's the way your life should be a life a life full of excitement you deal with the stuff that's not but the rest of it you should, he came to give you life and life to its full abundance john chapter 10 verse 10 what happened to that you really think your life is to its full abundance right now mine's not i'm striving to that direction what are we fighting against for this carnality we're still in carnality romans chapter 7 verses 21 through 23 i find then a law that evil is present with me the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity. The law of sin is in my members, Romans 7, 25. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So there's a battle. What he's saying is, is that my will, what I want to do is one thing, but I'm carnal and I fall. You have to take the battle to carnality. You have to do it. It all starts with decision making. It all starts with your mind. You could really put this entire message, even though I didn't give the, these guys this scripture, you could put this entire message series under Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Yeah. And right before 23, 7, it says, do not, do not overwork to be rich because of your understanding cease. For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. For we brought nothing into this world. This is, this is out of 1 Timothy. For we brought 6, 7. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain that we were carrying nothing out. Most of us live as if we're going to carry it all with us. You're going out buck naked. Buck naked. Sorry I made you picture certain people buck naked. But that's just the way that it is. You're not leaving with nothing. So why are you selling out to the things that are not eternal? You realize that relationships with people are eternal. When you sow into a human soul, you're sowing into the eternal. When you scroll on a screen or you overwork, you're sowing to the temporal and you're wasting your life. You're better off, you're better off, husbands, you're better off cutting it off, just cut off the work, drive home and stare in your wife's eyes and have a romantic evening than you are making thousands of dollars. And not only that, but if you seek God first that way, he'll just give it to you and you won't have to work for it. I'm not saying don't work hard. Don't, don't, don't pull out of this message things that I don't say. You are to work hard. If any provide not for his own, he's worse than an infidel. First Timothy chapter five, verse eight. What else do we war against? What, what else do we bring the attack to? You ready? Number four, sickness, infirmity, lack and harm. 
I'll read it to you. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. By whose stripes you were healed. Don't ever pray, Lord, heal me. Just receive it. Because by his stripes you were healed. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Why do Christians not believe that? You realize that most of the body of Christ does not believe for healing. Most do not. There's people in this room right now. That have already shut off because you're like, you know what? I remember when we prayed for somebody to be healed and they weren't healed. That was unbelief. That's the Bible. That's in Mark chapter 4, 37 through 41. That's in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Look it up for yourself. Every time there was an expectation of the miraculous and it didn't happen, Jesus is. Who worships Jesus in here? Jesus' explanation was unbelief, not mine. But unbelief is heresy inside the church today. You're not allowed to preach it. It's worse than preaching hellfire and brimstone and sin. You're better off telling somebody they're an adulterous murderer than you are telling somebody that they're struggling with unbelief. How dare you? But he took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. In other words, they're gone. You never need to be sick again. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loosed. He gave you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 16, 19. So he, but when you are sick, he took it up. You receive your healing. Second Corinthians, getting into lack now. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. What else did he do for you? Yet he was sinless, he became sin for you. He became poor for you, that you through his poverty. That, look at me now, that you through his poverty might become rich. How dare you preach that? I'm not. I'm reading to you a Bible verse. God wants to prosper. You want to give it all away? Then give it all away. There's not a year that goes by, and I'm not saying this to brag. I want you to know that I set the precedent. There's not a year that goes by that Hope and I are not one, two, or three as the givers in this church. We give. Sacrificially, we give. He threw his, he made himself poor so that you can become rich. Well, you know, I don't want to be rich because of this or because of that. Give it all away then. If you're worried about it, give it all away. I might be like, I don't really need a whole, I don't want a whole, I don't want a mansion. I don't want anything. I'm not saying it's wrong to have it. I don't desire it because I don't want to care for it. Plus, I don't want to keep giving, giving the government all my taxes all the time. I'd rather just have what I have. But I like, I, I, listen to me now, I like a brand new truck. I don't care what, I don't care what you think. And do, am I, do I expect God to bless me to that level? Absolutely. How many of you have kids in here? Shout amen. amen. Tell me where you stop. I'm not saying spoil them, but how, where, where will you stop blessing them? I said I had a $100 bill sitting on my dresser the other day. I just gave it to my daughter. Here. Well, who, who wouldn't? I, get, I mean, it's your child. So Big Tommy wants a big truck. Big Tommy gets a big truck. <laughs> You don't pray over it, that's your fault. You're, oh, I'm just too humble. 
I'm too full of humility. No, you just don't read the Bible. God wants to bless you. God wants, God wants to make you wealthy. Why? For you, for two purposes, for you and for you to be a blessing. This country's $30 trillion in debt. You know why? Because there is no church. Church doesn't believe for prosperity, so they have no money to give away. We give away money all the time here. By tens of thousands of dollars, we give it away. I've paid people's bills from one end to the other. I've paid their tickets. I've paid their child support, their electric bills, whatever it may be, their mortgages, their rent, because we believe in prosperity in this church, so we have some money in the bank. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. I already said this one to you. I'll say it again quickly. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. You are, not at, you are not doing some sort of, you are not in the midst of some sort of expedition where you're just trying to find things. You have no idea what the end result may be. Ask and it will be given to you. Knock and it will be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, he that seeketh findeth unto him that knocketh it shall be opened. Protection from harm. Do you believe for it or not? Because here's the Bible. You are vulnerable to one thing and one thing only, and that's martyrdom. Because Jesus is vulnerable to one thing and one thing only, and that was martyrdom. Not colds, not flus, not corona, nothing. Not cancer, nothing. You're like, but my life experiences have told me different. Don't believe in them. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. God wants you well. God wants you wealthy. That's the Bible. That's not me. It's not Kenneth Copeland. And I'm not bad-mouthing him. I've gotten some good theology from Kenneth Copeland because it was the Bible, Bible verses. But it's not them that makes it up. It's the name and claim it, word of faith people. No, it's not. God's not talking about the extremes of the extremes when it comes to wealth and provision. Where Christians go through a yacht yard and start naming yachts for me because my daddy wants to give it to me. That's stupidity. God wants to prosper everything that you lay your hands to to, your, to its maximum. Period. That's what he, You don't work, you're not getting blessed. Because it's antithetical to scripture to be a a lazy slug. You're not getting anything. God's not going to give you squat until you learn how to work. All right, back to keeping you safe. Safe from harm. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give unto you, not pray for me, I give unto you power. Power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Look at this now. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. It doesn't matter if it was 9-11. For those of you old enough to remember that. You're safe to go right on a plane the day after. You're safe. If you're a Christian and you believe this. Now if, you're, if you don't believe then you have unbelief. Forget it. Stay at home. Stay at home. But you listen, this is what the Bible says. This is what you need to be striving after believing. Not what I say. This is the Bible. 
the word of God. Yet, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. That's the Bible. Can you imagine what the church could do yeah. if the church wasn't broke? We get very, very upset about where our culture's at. We have no money to fight it. Tom, this sounds way too militaristic for me. I mean, come on, taking the attack to them? That's certainly not the uh, Jesus that I was taught. I thought that he was a member of like the Peace Corps or the hippie movement. <laughs> Do you read your Bible? Do you know why people lie to you about Jesus? Because it's their version. It's a golden image that they've carved for themselves many years ago. That, listen, most Christians would leave the faith if they read their Bible. If they actually read the Bible, they'd leave the faith because they wouldn't even like Jesus because he's not Christ-like. It's true. I'm telling you, it's true. That's why the church is closed. Do you realize to the north of us in Canada... And, and listen, all the, a lot of states that are touching Canada and a lot of the United States is in complete lockdown right now. You're like, things, things are open. Listen, we need, to, we need to enjoy our victories as Texas reopens. Yes. Arizona reopens. Connecticut. <laughs> Connecticut reopens. They did. Everything but masks. We need to enjoy our victories. And there was a lot, a lot of people think we're losing right now. We're actually winning. The enemy's being exposed and brought out into the light. It's great. It's a great time to be alive. It really is. It's a great time to be alive. The enemy's being brought out. Listen, there's a lot of churches. I'm glad they're closed. They weren't preaching the gospel anyway. Closed. Stay closed. Andy Stanley, stay closed. Why don't you like, why do you bring him up? Because he brings himself up. He puts it out in the public. I'm going to read you some stuff from him this morning. He put it out. I didn't. He did it. Rick Warren's the same way. Saddleback Church, California, hasn't preached the gospel meshes in 30 years. 20,000 people attend those churches that are still closed. Closed. And you're closed if you're mitigating it all. Somebody sent me. I didn't get to it on the podcast last night. Somebody sent me, uh, people like to do this. There's a couple in, you, in here that do this on purpose to me. You send me these little texts to get me all fired up, and I'm already all fired up. <laughs> sent me from a church right in Venice. It, if you read their website, they have the same theology as we do, but they don't because they don't believe it. They, they have the same theology they put on their website, but here's, here's, here's the caveat that they put on it. Well, yes, we believe those things, but you have to use wisdom. That's the things that they say. And you should see their COVID mitigations. Well, when you come into our church, what we want you, this is an app, look at me now, this is a fact. This is a church that most people in here know about. I'm not going to bring their name out yet. <laughs> you go in there and it's on their website. When you come in, it's like a restaurant. What is this, Chili's? The house of God is Chili's. You got to wear your mask from here to your seat. And then after you sit down and are surrounded by 50 people, take your mask off and cough all over each other, you bunch of idiots. What are you doing? What are you doing? 
You're like Tom, you shouldn't call people idiots from the pulpit. Paul called for people to have their testicles cut off. I'm nice. I'm absolutely nice. He said, just go all the way and emasculate yourself. I, by scripture, am nice. Jesus said, twice as much a son of hell as you are. I haven't said anything in comparison to that today. See, what I told you, that if people actually read the Bible, they'd give up on Jesus, all the lukewarm Christians, they'd be done. But that's what this church to this day, you walk in there, you have to wear a mask until you get to your seat. And then please observe and be courteous to those who sit in the mask section. If you notice, we don't have that here. Nor have we ever had that here. Not for one minute. You know why? Because I will not, people, people think they're so virtuous. You know, we're just trying to keep people safe. No, listen, if, it's, if the whole thing is a lie, which it is. Okay, listen, I know the virus exists, but the response is a lie. It's an absolute lie. Where do you get that from? I'll bust out one of my articles, even though I'm off topic right now. You could not get a more reputable source than John Solomon at Just the News. Couldn't. I'll read this article to you, or pieces of it. This just came out, I think, one day before the podcast. So one day, Wednesday, or, or Friday, whichever one it was. We are flying blind. This is the title of the article. Fauci was warned in March of 2020. March of 2020 of the potential false positives in COVID-19 tests. White House coronavirus advisor and longtime federal infectious disease expert, who's never ever solved one infectious disease or ever cured one in his life, Anthony Fauci was warned on as early as March 20, uh, March of 2020, that tests widely used to diagnose COVID-19 could suffer from high levels of false positive results. That's why everybody going into hospitals is testing positive for COVID when they have all sorts of other problems. A problem that was, get ready, confirmed. Confirmed by the World Health Organization earlier this year. If you, listen, if something is confirmed it has to, by the World Health Organization, it has to really be bad. Like when they were caught red-handed, putting sterilizing agents in their polio vaccines, and they had to put on their own website. Look at me now. Facts! They had to put on their own website. Yeah, we did it. Well, really? Explain to me why you're putting sterilizing agents. Oh, could that be Billy? That Billy Gates? Who wants to lower the world population via vaccines? Tom, this, what's this got to do with church? The devil is a liar. Look at me now. John chapter 8, 44 and 45. The, look, I want you to understand his titles. The devil is a liar. He's the father of all lies. His native language is lying. And Jesus said, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. The church is not supposed to collaborate with lying by locking their churches. And putting masks on and acting like you're virtuous and doing it. All you're doing is collaborating with liars. Rick Warren. Andy Stanley, you're collaborating with bold-faced, demonic liars. Yeah. 
That's who they are. The warning was given in March 22, March 22nd, 2020, an email to Fauci from Sin, from Sin Hang Lee, the director of the Milford Molecular Diagnostics Laboratory. I think he has a higher SAT score than I had. In Lee's message, he warns Fauci and several other doctors it has been widely reported in social media that PCR test kits to, to, to detect SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, and human specimens are generating false positive results and are not sensitive enough to detect some real positive cases, especially during convalescence. So they work great for everybody who's at risk, who's everybody who's not at risk. They'll tell you that you're sick when you're not, and when you are actually sick, they'll tell you that you're not. Without a reliable laboratory diagnostic test, we are flying blind, he wrote. Lee also shared the letter he enclosed to Fauci, which advised PCR technology is known to generate false positive results when used to detect influenza, MERS-CoV, and, and other coronaviruses. Last two paragraphs. He clarified that raising the sensitivity of a PCR test would weed out the detention, detection of irrelevant genetic material that risks showing up as a positive result. The current PCR does not verify what is being detected. Something's detected. We just don't know what, so we'll call it COVID-19. That is what is happening in your country. Stop being deceived. Stop being a Christian who plays by the world's rules. That is the cause of false positives. Lee, Lee told Just the News that he received an acknowledgement he received an acknowledgement from Dr. Fauci about, he, wait a minute, he never received an acknowledgement from Dr. Fauci. Never got an answer back. He never answered the phone. I wonder why. Could there be other motives involved? Sounds too militaristic to me, Tom. Matthew chapter 10, are you sure that that's the Bible? If you believe that Jesus is a member of the Peace Corps, the hippie movement, who would never rattle a cage, he'd never work a nerve. Let's look, Matthew chapter 10, 34 through 36. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. For I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Well, that's not very peaceful. That's not kumbaya. What's going on here? That's not Christ-like. That's Christ talking. People think they're growing as their language becomes more and more benign and accommodating. I'm just so loving. You know, that's just the way they feel. And it's all right. No, you're supposed to preach the word instantly. You're not to accommodate people who are lying to you. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. Are you sure he's that much of a peacenik? Are you sure that your theology is correct? Are you sure that he follows the love that you've been taught? Let's look again, John chapter 2, 15 through 17. When he had made a whip of cords... That's not Christ-like. That's Jesus. 
He drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away, exclamation mark. This is not quiet. Oh, you know, you're always supposed to use demure to the monotone. No, thank you. Not demurring to anything. If it needs to be shouted, I'm shouting it. I don't usually shout, but I'm just telling you if it needs to be, Jesus was doing it. Take these things away, he shouted. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise, he shouted. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. That me is capitalized. That's Yahweh talking. Zeal for your house has eaten me up. Oh, we'll just, but most churches closed. Sure that was the right thing to do? Andy Stanley says, what you did was you sacrificed the mission for the model. The model is you have church, you know, every Sunday, and you sacrifice the mission to keep the model. That's what all those kiping off the internet, skinny G's wearing, butt-kissing, boot-licking pastors, they all come up with their little slogans instead of Bible verses, and people eat it up because there's no conviction. You sacrificed the mission for the model. What are you even talking about? Zeal for your house has eaten me up and you close? What are you, McDonald's? What are, what, are, what are you, the local strip joint? That you, that you capitulate to the lower levels of the world? That you close God's house? You forsake the assembling of yourselves together for a virus with a 99.9% post-infection survival rate? But God says, zeal for my own house eats me alive. It matters that much to me. But people, people, all the church is closed. Or here, how about this? People can't come to church. I want you to think about this. If you run your own household, men, that should be you, husbands. Why is your house not here today? Why? Give me the excuse. I'll break it down for you. Ready? When I started this church, I was night shift patrol supervisor, South County, Sarasota County, for the sheriff's office. I got off, if I was lucky, at 7 o'clock in the morning, but usually between 7 and 8, and I was preaching at 10. Don't, what's your excuse? Oh, I've been up all night. What? I had a worship leader one time in the church call me. He said, you know, we just got in. Calls me Saturday night at nine o'clock. We just got in and you know, um, you know, we're not gonna be really getting home until like two or three in the morning. And I went, this is my exact answer. So, I don't care. I'll see you at eight. As a matter of fact, he had worship team practice. I'll see you at 7.30. Well, you're dealing with the wrong person if you're gonna tell me about your worthless excuses for not being in church. But you know why they're worthless? Well, I'm offended. I don't really agree with this one area of what they're doing. No, what you are is you've been deceived by a devil into that offense. You have not bought any fragrant calamus for me, but you have lavished on me your offenses and your sins. 
out of Jeremiah, out of Isaiah, chapter 43. No, thank you. Dads, what are you going to do? Husbands, what are you going to do? If they live in your home, then you should have zeal for the body of Christ. You should have zeal for the house of God. There's no excuses. Don't give me sleep. Don't ever give me sleep. I've preached more sermons than anybody can imagine with zero and then went back to work that night. You're like, well, you're just mean. No, I'm not. That's life. You know what? Get, have some sleepies. You'll be all right. <laughs> if you go to this church right now, you could easily be home by 11. Sleep the rest of the day. You're welcome. I don't know what else to tell you. You're like, it's just not a nice way to do it. I don't care. You, nice hasn't worked either. I've tried nice. It was brief, but I tried it. <laughs> it doesn't work. Nothing works with the hardness of heart. So you just go at them with the word of God, which is quick, powerful, and sharp. You just go after them. The, the word of God is quick, powerful, sharp, discerning, and dividing. There'll be people probably sitting in here that will never come back because you know what? They're hearing things they've never heard before. And what you should do is what? Let your words be few. Wait on the Lord and go study to show yourself approved. That's what you should do. See if I'm wrong. See if I'm wrong instead of assuming I'm wrong because your feelings tell you that I'm wrong. Because all that I'm doing to you is reading to you Bible verses. And it's not just that most churches closed in the midst of God's zeal for the church. Yes, pastors will be judged more strictly. We went over that earlier, James chapter 3, verse 1. The pastors will be judged more strictly, but most Christians agreed, complied, and assimilated. Most people are assimilating right now. They're getting used to watching baseball and football games that they feel are live. And you look out in the stands, and they've got their COVID clumps up in the, up in the stands. And the cardboard cutouts filling in between. Oh, it's just life now. We have to just adjust to the new normal. I'm going to be assimilated. I refuse to watch. I will not watch a ball game like that. I believe, I can't remember what school it is. It might be the University of Alabama has vowed that next football season they will have a jam-packed stadium. Good for them. Good for them. Seriously, good for them. Are you sure that Jesus is all about human version peace? You sure? Where do we get that from? Are you sure that Jesus is about human version love? Let's look at Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Now some of you, listen, I want to tell you this. All of the stuff that we do at this church is recorded. You can find all of these messages on our website. Every one of them. Soon as, he, as soon as possible, Aaron has them. Is it uploaded or downloaded to the website? Uploaded to the website. <laughs> I don't know any of that stuff. If Aaron wasn't here, I couldn't turn on a light in this room. But anyway, they're up there quickly. So basically, I preach two messages every Sunday. So some of the stuff you've got to hear on the second one. Now, I think you should just dedicate 8 o'clock in the morning until one o'clock in the afternoon to your church and just watch everything. But you don't have to do that. But you ought to watch the second part because I'm getting the stuff that I don't get to in this. <laughs> so you need to watch it and catch up with it. But then but the, also the 11 o'clock, 11.15 service doesn't hear what you hear. 
So, you know, and you're like, Tom, shouldn't you just preach the same message twice? Maybe it's the struggle with my own carnality. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I can't tell the same joke twice. I cannot do it. I don't don't plan my jokes. They just pop into my head. This beautiful mind. You never know. It's twisting around in there. The reason why I tell you that, there's steps that you can take that you will understand what it means to bring the attack to them. That you won't necessarily, what I'm doing now is I'm laying the groundwork of why you have to have that mentality for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That you have to bring the attack to those situations in life, to carnality, to sickness, Whatever it may be, the things that I outlined earlier, you have to have the right mentality. So are we sure that Jesus lives by human version, peace, and love? Are we sure about that? Because it certainly isn't the Bible. Many Christians need to say out loud, I do not believe the Bible. Listen, we can get in and we can argue about little extraneous things if we want to. Little, you know, little things that are out there. Should, should you jump when you're worshiping and have a big argument about that should you should people be slain in the spirit and have an argument about that yeah i mean it's you know why i don't preach baseline messages on being slain in the spirit i've been slain in the spirit i know it's real but i don't preach baseline messages on it because it's not in the bible not in the way that we use it the only correlation to it is maybe paul on the Damascus Road. So I don't preach it that way, but you know what? I know it's real. We can have little arguments about things like that. If you want to do that, I just choose not to. Unless your church is out of control, why bother? It's not out of control. So why bother with the little things? But it's all about the Bible. So are we sure that Jesus is in agreement with our human version of peace and love? Well, let's look. Acts chapter 5, 1 through 11. About 14 minutes to go. Everybody with me? How many of you want it to be longer than 14 minutes? (laughs) A few people. I'll take that. Some of you are like, I wish it was only four minutes. Well, it's 14. (laughs) You can act like you're going to the bathroom, and I'll never see whether you left or not. (laughs) Lying to the Holy Spirit. Like Nobody ever reads these, these verses. I do. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Why bother? Why run from it? But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he, and he came back. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it. And brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep, keep part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not your own, uh, basically under your own control? Was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? Why have not, why have, you have, I don't know why I'm struggling reading this. This is all in the New King James, but anyway. You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, verse 5, fell down and breathed his last. Human version of peace and love? You sure about that? This is why a lot of people don't worship God, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. They don't, they're not in awe of God. 
Fear runs the full gamut, as you've heard me preach many times in this church. In the Greek, whenever you see the verse, like Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Fear does not mean just awe or reverence as it's taught by Pastor Skinny Jeans. It's actually taught, the actual verbiage is anywhere from awful fear to reverence. And it means the entire gamut. The fear of the Lord, whether it is terror of God You should be afraid of the judgment of God if you're living in sin. Because just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. You can go gallivanting all you want if you're out of the will of God. Your tomorrow is not for sure. And I really wish Christians would stop putting on Facebook. Make sure you hug your kids today because you never know if you're going to have a tomorrow. Those are from Foundation Church members. I want to just reach my arm through the screen and just give you a nice little semi, semi gentle thump to the forehead. Pa! Wake up! That's not the Bible. Unless you're on the verge of being hung on a cross or martyrdom, your tomorrow is for sure. Unless Jesus comes back, please read the Bible. Not Garth Brooks. If tomorrow never comes. <laughs> drop it. That's not for you. You might have tears going down your face. All you're doing is all you're doing is breeding fear. And Garth's a nut anyway. You ever been around that guy? You ever watched him? He's a nut. And he was at Biden's inauguration. You're out. <laughs> you want to go hug all the baby butchers? That's on you. Answer to God. Enjoy it. So it is a, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. First Timothy, read it for yourself. He breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him, carried him out and buried him. Now it was about three hours later, his wife came in. Whoops! Don't come in! Don't come in! Stay, go home. Go home and scroll. Or get things right before you ever walk in. Because you're about to walk in and lie, just like your husband did. Three hours later... When his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter answered, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last, and the young men came in and found her dead and carried her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Sure he's such a peace, Nick? Bongo playing at a drum circle with his tie-dye shirt on? Everything's okay. I'll accommodate you, and you accommodate me, and let's break out kumbaya and hallelujah one more time. Are you Sure. Is that's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is to have, is to be feared. Amen. The whole gamut. Some of you in this room need to fear his judgment. That doesn't get preached at all these I know, I know it doesn't. That's why the church was so easily an assault victim by Anthony Fauci and the federal government. The, the church will do anything because they're powerless. 
They don't operate in the verbiage of the Bible. They operate in the synapses, firings of the feelings in their brain, which has been supported by the weak messages that have been preached to them. This is the Bible. This really happened. You never hear anybody talk about Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 11. You never hear anybody talk about it because it's not Christ-like. I hate to tell everybody, but it was the spirit of Jesus who killed that husband and wife. God killed people? Uh, Yeah. You ever read the Old Testament? You ever read the New? You ever read the book of Revelation where God himself slays bodies to the level that blood rises to the level of a horse's bridle? That's the real God. He's worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our fear. There's nothing wrong with it. Why is it that we want to emasculate God? The culture, this is why I tell people, don't strap a mask on your face because you're emulating liars. If you are an emasculated gelding in your home, you're following the baby butchers who have been preaching to you in Hollywood, preaching to you and putting out all those sitcoms where the husband is scared of his wife. Don't shout amen, but how many of you are afraid of your wife? You know you are. You know who you are. What are you afraid of? It's like all those that are afraid of their kids. What are you afraid of? He's two. Paddle his rear end. I'm... I get, I'm floored. I'm floored when I see a, a child who's four years old rip his arm out of his mother's hand. No! And I'm like, sign it. Sign this waiver. Let me take him. I'll take him. Sign it. I'll take him. I'll, I'll have that kid fixed for you in three days. Sign that waiver. Sign it! We had a puppy staying with us recently. People stop their cars and ask me, how do you control your dog? And I tell them, you don't want to know. (laughs) I don't abuse anything. She got a few stout whacks in the right moments when she was a puppy. When she chased our cat down. You got a Malamaw? You know what Malamaws are? Police dogs? You have a Malamaw, you better walk them and you better control them or they'll run your house. They're bigger, stronger, faster, and have the bite, the, the power of a pit bull. You had better control them. They'll kill your cats. My dog, my dog kills at will and starts eating it now. Pigs, rabbits, anything I let her chase, she can run 40 miles an hour. They'll chase, you better control that animal now. And a kid is a billion times more than that and a billion times more powerful. They really are. But I see parents all the time. But anyway, I had a puppy. And that puppy was going through that stage where it's biting everything. It's got those puppy teeth. And it's not like when they're really little and it can't hurt. He's like four or five months old. It hurts. He didn't bite me for long. Because I just took him and I forearm shivered him right in, the, right in the chest. Boom. No. That was it for him and me. When, when we went walking, 
He refused to walk. My dog did that too when I got her. She actually laid on the ground. I pulled her on the ground, laying on her side. You know, we're walking. You'll either be dragged while I walk or we are walking. I've had one of my kids tell me no one time. They're 22 and 20. One time, that was it, and that was my son. Norma wasn't stupid enough to ever tell me no. <laughs> what are you afraid of a kid for? Well, they might hate me. The worst thing you can ever do is lose their respect. You're not there to be their buddy. You're there to be their parent. You can be buddies later. Tommy and I are very close friends now. You know why? Because he never lost respect for me. Let's see where I can finish here. We got four minutes to go. Well, Tom, that was the Holy Spirit. That wasn't Jesus. First of all, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll set that aside for a minute. It was the Holy Spirit who did what was done with Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. Okay. What was the Holy Spirit to Jesus? The Holy Spirit was an answer to his prayer. Let's look. John chapter 14, 16, and 17. Three minutes to go until we close out. I'd preach longer, by the way, but we got the 11 o'clock coming in here. So, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Oh, the one who killed Ananias and Sapphira? Yep! <laughs> I know this makes some of you uncomfortable. This is the Bible. Do you ever read it? This is why the church is so fooled. Churches are lining up to be vaccination centers. The, I never got to Canada. Canada, one of the most trusted allies who stormed the beaches of Normandy with America. Juneau Beach, Gold Beach, Sword, the Canadians with, with America. One of the most trusted democracies in, on the planet ever is a completely shut down country under the leadership of a totalitarian prime minister or president, whatever his title is, Justin Trudeau. And we now have his equivalent as our president. Shut down. The church is non-existent in Canada. You can't find anything coming out of Canada. It is a desert. It's an apocalypse and America is maybe an inch better. Maybe. The church doesn't even know the Bible. This seems harsh to people. Jesus prayed in the person who killed Ananias and Sapphira. What, what happened to Aaron and Miriam in the Old Testament? Why, we, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Leprosy? What I was going to say earlier is the emasculated fathers in houses are all a product of not understanding Father God. There should be some fear. I can, you can trust me on this. The dynamic, even to this day, changes when I walk into the house. People stop fighting, it grows silent. <laughs> All I used to do during the teenage years where they rebel, well, there's no rebellion allowed. You want to rebel? You're going to have to get through this big, fat, chubby body who's a whole lot stronger than you are. 
You're not dating who I don't want you to date. You're not friending who I want you to friend. You're not leaving when I don't want you to leave, and everything you have is mine, period. There was fear there. To this day, it's that way. The righteous sort of fear. I'm not talking, well, you know, you get into abuse. Listen, I was a cop. I arrested people for abusing people. I'm not doing any of that. It's not what I'm talking about. It's being godly. And you should have a healthy fear of your dad. If you don't, dad, you did it wrong. And you should have a healthy fear of your heavenly dad. And I pray that the Holy Spirit was the answer to Jesus' prayer. We're finishing right here. Worship team, make your way. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Take the attack to them is the right approach. You should be militaristic. You've got to hear the second part of this message. Watch it. Find a time to watch it. Watch it today. Watch it live. Watch it recorded. I don't care. But you've got to watch the second part of this message today. You've got to see it. Because if you don't believe that the Bible is full full of militaristic verses you've never read it it's way different than people think that it is god wants you to win in that andy stanley article he actually says we're not in it to win it he goes we're in it to serve the church is supposed to serve the world no you're a shining city on a hill for them to look up and say i want what they have you're not here to do car washes Hey, ask yourself, what, where, what, how, many, how many fundraisers has Foundation Church ever done? I'll add them all up for you. Ready? None. Ever. We don't go and serve the world. We do meet needs. But I, don't, I am not going to lower you, the blood-bought children of God, and lower you and said, you know what? You just go and bow before the world. And whatever some homeless person needs, you give it to them. No. It wasn't, that's not that way in the Bible. Jesus said, you'll have the poor before you all the time. You're here to worship me. You're like, you're telling me the church, you're not to have any. But we give more. We give thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars away to the needy. I'm just saying, we're not here to serve a fallen world. We're here to shine in the midst of a fallen world to show them we are the answer. We have the answer. His name is, his name is Jesus Christ. His answer is salvation through the blood of the Lamb. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.